Welcome to The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Listen to Joe tackle the really tough moral issues, current events, and politics from a Catholic perspective. Now here's Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Hello again, Sixpack family. Welcome back to The Cantankerous Catholic, episode 118. This is our final episode about Catholic lay evangelization. In this episode, we'll bring everything together. For reasons I'm not even sure of, I never bothered to join the Knights of Columbus until we'd moved to the Archdiocese of St. Louis. Regardless of the reason, I was really happy to become a Knight and affiliate myself with this premier Catholic organization. When it was time to receive my third degree, I joined a group of 50 or 60 other men from different councils. No one had told me what to expect prior to the event, but I was told at the event that we were going to be examined on our proficiency in catechesis. To my great disappointment and embarrassment, only three of the 50 to 60 men present could answer the most basic questions. Shamefully, men asked to name the mysteries of the rosary couldn't even do that. After the degree work was finished and it was time for socializing, I began asking some of my fellow participants about the examination. Not only were they not embarrassed by their inability to answer questions, but several actually expressed how difficult the examination was. They believed the questions they were asked were advanced, That was when I decided that the evangelistic work I'd done for 30 years needed to shift focus from making converts and reverts to helping Catholics in the pew to learn, understand, and live the Catholic faith. In a nutshell, that's the whole reason why this apostolate exists. After all, you can't live what you don't know. Toward this end, everything I do except my books is absolutely free. Until the China virus lockdowns, I'd always been able to depend on sales of my books to cover increasingly expensive monthly overhead. Unfortunately, that's no longer the case. Please, help me help other Catholics with the gift of this apostolate. Just click on the link in my show notes that says, Help Keep Joe Sixpack the Every Catholic Guy Apostolate Alive. If you can, please check the box to make yours a monthly gift. If you don't feel safe making your gift online, please send your check made out to Cassock Media. I place the address in my show notes. And I promise that you'll be remembered in my daily hour of reparation. This is my final attempt to show you that you have a moral obligation to share the faith. It's a grave obligation. When we're judged by Almighty God, and we all will be judged, He's going to judge us on the basis of all of our thoughts, words, and actions. Those are the things that most practicing Catholics focus on. But do you realize he'll also judge us on the things we fail to do as well, our omissions? We can land in hell just as quickly for failing to do what we're supposed to do as we can for performing bad acts. Are you willing to risk hell because you're afraid to share the faith or because you don't see the need? During this two-month series on evangelization, I provided everything any Catholic could need to share the faith. 
For those who feel they need to learn the faith better in order to begin sharing it, we've had Raymond Leo Cardinal Burke and Philip Bellini tell you about the Marian Catechist Apostolate. If that's a little more than you're willing to bite off, I've suggested that you should sign up for my free email course and begin attending my free webinar series, Sharing the Catholic Faith. I hate to break it to you, but attaining eternal life doesn't come without effort on your part. It requires obedience to Christ in all things, both what's convenient and what's inconvenient. That means you've actually got to learn the faith you claim to believe. The Marian Catechist Apostolate, my email course, and my webinars are among the best ways to do it. But Joe, I already know the faith well enough. Yeah, maybe about 2% of you do. In order to make sure you're in that 2%, email me about it. I'll present you with three to five basic questions. Answer them without looking them up, then send me your answers. If they're correct, I'll let you know that you're probably in that 2% of well-catechized Catholics. Joe, I simply don't have time for all this. If that's what you're thinking, I can promise you that you'll remember that thought at your judgment. You won't like what happens next. While learning the faith, you've got to figure out what best suits your talents and personal preferences for sharing the faith. Some of you will gain the confidence needed while learning the faith that you'll pursue venues similar to what I do. You might want to start a blog. Done properly, over time you'll amass quite a following of people, both Catholic and non-Catholic, who will hunger for what you write. When I say done properly, what I'm telling you is that you need to take one of the myriad of courses available from professional bloggers. Yes, you'll need to invest a few bucks in order to reach souls if you go this route. I've got some links to professional blogging courses in my show notes. The same is true if you're thinking about starting a podcast. You're already doing that, Joe. Okay, so? I don't appeal to everyone. You won't either. My charisms aren't your charisms. Because each of us is unique and unlike any other person on earth, everyone brings something different to the table. Your creativity will be different from mine. Your techniques and methods will be different from mine. Your talents and skill sets in dealing with people are most certainly not the same as mine. After all, there's a reason why I'm known as the cantankerous Catholic. Podcasting is the world's fastest-growing medium. You can reach far more souls and more places through your own podcast than any other way. For example, the largest part of my audience is here in the United States, but my second-largest geo-audience is in India. I'd have never guessed that I'd have such a large audience over there. By the way, I really appreciate the members of my Indian family, and you need to realize all of this applies to you just like it does Catholics here in America. Oh, and I also want to mention that the Cantankerous Catholic is heard in 88 countries at this time. Imagine your own podcast reaching all those souls with Catholic truth. There's no other way to do it unless you own a global television network. If you decide to do your own podcast, you have to do it professionally and correctly. After all, it's not being done to assuage your ego, but rather for Christ. 
The first gifts he ever received were gold and the very expensive items of frankincense and myrrh. Can you give him less than the best you can afford? I don't make a dime with this podcast. If I'm fortunate, I cover monthly expenses. If you can afford whatever device you're listening to me on, you can afford much more than I can, believe me. When it comes to doing a podcast professionally and correctly, I'll put my podcast and its website up against any other podcast in the business. But when I figured out that God wanted me to do this podcast, I had absolutely no idea what to do. I'm basically a techno-moron. Fortunately, I discovered two resources to help me. The first resource I discovered was a course by John Lee Dumas called Podcaster's Paradise. John covers absolutely everything you need to know, from coming up with an idea to equipment to building your audience and much more. I can't more highly recommend this course. John even shows you how to monetize your podcast. I don't do that because of an agreement I made with Cardinal Burke, but there's nothing wrong with earning income with a podcast. Maybe you want to focus all of your efforts on serving Christ, but you can't because you need a job. Monetizing your podcast is a way to do that, to tell your boss goodbye. I personally know podcasters who earn more than $100,000 a month. You probably won't do that well because we're in such a small and narrow niche, but you can certainly monetize well enough to replace your current income. The other thing I found that allowed me to make this podcast top shelf is called podcast websites. Every podcast has to have a website unless you never want to attract listeners. Podcast websites provides a website uniquely designed for podcasters. You can customize a site however you want without knowing anything technical. That alone made it perfect for me. Podcast websites also takes care of the hosting, maintenance, SSL certificate, and lots of other things. Best of all, their support staff is so good and will do so many things for you that it's like having a team of people working for you. There are links to Podcasters Paradise and podcast websites in my show notes. And by the way, all of the links for anything to do with evangelization will come out of my show notes after this week. So I advise you to at least click on these links, visit the sites, then bookmark them in your browser while you pray and think about launching a podcast. For those of you who are more inclined to reach one soul at a time in face-to-face situations, we had Bob Wilson and Brian Lee from St. Paul Street Evangelization on the show. I have to tell you that I had more fun interviewing them than any interview I've done. The reason is because these guys and their ways of reaching souls happen to align with my own preferences for evangelization. I much prefer what they do, and that's much the way I did it for nearly 30 years. But God had other plans for me. He allowed me to become disabled through a stroke because he wanted me to be able to reach out to you, something I never could have done without this podcast. Which, incidentally, demonstrates why you have to be flexible and attuned to the movements of the Holy Spirit. 
It would have been natural and even understandable if I'd simply told myself at the time it was time to retire, to devote myself to nothing more than writing. But it's not in me to give up. Since I know that everything happens for a reason, I began to look at the possibilities God would lay out before me. For those of you who may have difficulties with perseverance and seeing the possibilities God has for you, I'll tell you my secrets for that. The first part is that many years ago, I developed a close working relationship with my guardian angel, and it's through him that God most communicates with me. You can do that too, and I'll be happy to tell you how it can be possible if you'll reach out to me. I'll show you how you can actually begin to have audible conversations with your guardian angel. The second part of my secret for perseverance and seeing the possibilities God has for all of us is something I got from a Protestant minister. Now, I've always said that Protestants have nothing to teach Catholics, and we have everything to teach them, but sometimes even a blind squirrel can find a nut. So what I learned from Dr. Robert Schuler, God rest his soul, was his possibility thinker's creed. I learned it years before I became a Catholic, but didn't fully understand it until after my conversion. I made it a habit to memorize and repeat the Possibility Thinker's Creed every single day until it actually became a part of me. It goes like this. When faced with a mountain, I will not quit. I will keep on striving until I find a pass through, go around, tunnel underneath, or simply stay and turn the mountain into a gold mine with God's help. I just thought I'd throw that in there for those of you who have difficulties with persevering or thinking outside the box. You can persevere and think outside the box, you know. God created you. He gave you creativity, a strong free will, and the ability to reason. You just have to learn to better exercise those things. Anyway, back to evangelization. Lastly, we had Terry Barber on the show last week. I asked Terry to come on because he's the best, most successful lay evangelist I know. Ordinarily, I'm not too fond of people calling themselves lay evangelists and earning a living on the Catholic speaking tour preaching to the choir. In my experience, those folks haven't made very many, if any, converts. Personally, I tend to think they're more entertainers than evangelists. But Terry is different. For starters, he didn't begin going on the road to speak until his children all left the nest. Also, he'd already made countless converts and had a proven track record. Not only does he speak on the road, but he continues to evangelize daily. I only spoke at a few venues, but I quickly learned that I couldn't be a speaker and an evangelist. Terry can, because he's got more bounce per ounce than any man I've ever known. Terry is 14 months older than I am, but he's got more energy than I had at 30. Now I'm going to sort of blend Terry and myself, so bear with me as I try to put it all together. Several years ago, I wrote a book called The Lay Evangelist Handbook. The few reviews it's received have been terrible. People complain that it's really a book about how to teach the catechism. I suppose those readers completely skipped the first chapter. And yes, it shows you how to teach the catechism. 
Frankly, I don't have any idea how you can evangelize without teaching the catechism and do so evangelistically. I used my 30 years of experience in evangelistically teaching the catechism, including anticipating the questions and objections, and put them all in this one book. Now back to Terry. I first read his book, How to Share Your Faith with Anyone, eight years ago. I reread it in order to prepare for the interview with Terry. Both of us have what are remarkable books on evangelization, in my opinion, but he does a much better job of synthesizing everything you need to do in order to evangelize. What Terry fails to do in his book is get into the catechesis into things. That's my forte. So after I read Terry's book again, it dawned on me that if you had both books together, you'd have a bang-up complete course in evangelization. So I'm begging you to get my book and Terry's book, making them your own personal course in evangelization. You'll find links for the books in my show notes. For those of you listening to this in your car, pull out your smartphone right now and make yourself a reminder to visit my show notes. Everything, absolutely everything, you need to begin evangelizing has a link in my show notes. You can find the resources to begin a Catholic blog. You can find the resources to begin a podcast. You can find the resources to begin evangelizing face-to-face. Best of all, clicking on the links for Terry's book and my book will give you the ideal course for learning to be an evangelist. I've spent two months urging, conjoling, and begging you to evangelize. I shouldn't have had to because every Catholic is already morally obligated to evangelize. That apparently doesn't matter to a lot of people, though, because a great number of the six-pack family haven't been listening to this since I started the series. However, a majority of you have still managed to stay with me. That tells me that you're interested. Some of you have emailed me with various questions about evangelization and often looking for encouragement. This is a good thing. It's a good thing because no one is too old, too young, too sick, too disabled, or too busy to evangelize. Earlier I mentioned being taken out of the evangelism game I was used to because of a debilitating stroke that God gave me a different venue for evangelizing with this podcast. Some of you may be wondering who I'm evangelizing, especially since the vast majority of you are Catholic. Well, I'm evangelizing you. Everyone has to be evangelized every single day. It doesn't matter who it is, we all have to be evangelized constantly. Who evangelizes me? Apart from the Holy Spirit and the things I do, you evangelize me. Yes, you. Because I've undertaken a responsibility to you through this podcast, the bar has been raised higher for me. And some of you take me to task and make me accountable for the things I say and do. By doing that, you evangelize me, returning the obligation I've taken on to evangelize you. See how God makes all things work together for our good and His glory? Go to my show notes. Read them, especially the things in the resources section. Click on the links that you need, whether they interest you or not. You know the difference between what you know you need and what tickles your interest. 
If you want to, shoot me an email through my website to ask questions or to run ideas by me. Do these things and you'll finally be ready to lead the fullness of a genuine Catholic life. Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, wants to make sure you're informed about all the Catholic news you need to know. Here's Joe Sixpack's top five Catholic news picks for this episode. Catholic news pick number five. Hats off to the Washington Examiner. The Democrat-led House passed H.R. 1 on a party-line vote. The legislation would abolish voter ID requirements, mandate the use of drop ballot boxes, provide taxpayer funding of elections, and allow partisan control of the now bipartisan Federal Election Commission. I've been telling you that we'd never have another fair and free election. This guarantees it. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 4 Hats off to the Daily Wire. A large number of illegal aliens arrived at the U.S.-Mexican border near Tijuana wearing t-shirts that read, Biden, please let us in. The news comes as two Texas Democrats called on Biden to deal with the growing crisis on the border. Representative Henry Cellular warned the Biden administration against easing up too much on unauthorized illegal aliens, citing their impact on his constituents, local hospitals, and their potential to spread the coronavirus. Do you miss Trump yet? Let the fight begin! You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 3 Hats off to the Daily Wire. Members of the National Guard were hospitalized after eating substandard food, with some complaining of tainted food with metal shavings and feathers found in their meals. Members of the National Guard are providing security for the U.S. Capitol since the violent riot on January 6th. That just makes me mad! You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic Catholic News Pick pick number two. Hats off to Catholic News Service. A filibuster requires controversial legislation in the Senate to receive a 60-vote supermajority and has been used by both parties when they've been in the minority. But House Majority Whip James Clyburn tried to suggest that any use of the filibuster would be racist because it was used to kill the 1957 Civil Rights Act. Clyburn, who is black, said if Republicans use the filibuster to deny a minimum wage increase, it will be tantamount to using it to deny civil rights. What an idiot. Why, you no good, stinking, rotten rascal! You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number One Hats off to the Epic Times. A Notre Dame alumni organization published an open letter to the university's president, Reverend John Jenkins, urging him not to invite Joe Biden as the university's next commencement speaker. The letter from the Sycamore Trust is signed by members of the Notre Dame community and others dismayed by the prohibition and anti-religious liberty agenda of President Joe Biden. 
Nice gesture, but it won't work. Notre Dame has been anything but Catholic for decades. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. I am hard, but I am fair. It's time for the Catholic Boot Camp with your drill sergeant, Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Learn the Catholic faith and how to defend it like you've never heard it before. This boot camp is tough, so there's no political correctness, no spirit of Vatican II, and no namby-pamby platitudes. Drill Sergeant Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, will prepare you for spiritual war. Now here's Joe Sixpack. Teresa, a young lady from a good Catholic family, had gone off to college, the first time in her life being on her own. When she settled in, she realized she'd left home without her hand mirror. Teresa called her mother and asked her if she could send the forgotten mirror. Teresa's mother agreed and promptly sent a package. When the package arrived, Teresa opened it to first find a note from her mother. It said, Enclosed are three mirrors. The first will show you as you are. The second will show you as you will be. The third mirror will show you as you ought to be. The first mirror she took out was her ordinary hand mirror, the one she'd left at home. Teresa said to herself, this must be the mirror that shows me as I am. The second item she removed from the package was a picture of a human skull. Beneath the picture was the description, this is what you will be. Teresa quickly pulled the third item from the package and unwrapped it. The third mirror was a picture of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Teresa had no problem understanding that her mother was telling her that she wanted her daughter to remain pure in her thoughts and desires so she would be like the Blessed Mother, what she ought to be. Ours is a sex-saturated society. We're constantly bombarded by sexual assaults from every direction. The way others dress, advertising, television, popular music, movies, the list can go on ad infinitum. This bombardment is especially difficult for young people who still have the challenge of raging hormones. But it's no less difficult for adults in a culture that seems to believe everything is about sex. In 1917, Our Lady of Fatima told Lucia, Jacinta, and Francesco that more people go to hell for sins against the Sixth and Ninth Commandments than any other sins. That was in 1917, when all things impure and immodest were avoided at all costs by average everyday people. Imagine what it must be like today. The Ninth Commandment forbids all deliberate, impure thoughts, intentions, imaginings, desires, and feelings deliberately aroused in or indulged. The great Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, may rest in peace, once told a story about a young boy who came to confession while he was a parish priest. The boy confessed impure thoughts. Father Sheen asked if he had entertained the impure thoughts. The boy replied, Heck no, Father, they entertain me. (laughs) Sheen's little anecdote is humorous, but it makes a good point. 
impure temptations aren't sinful in themselves, but they do become sinful if they're deliberately aroused, indulged in, or consented to. These temptations must be rejected at once. No one is immune to such temptations. St. Alphonsus Liguori was in his 80s when a young lady came to the elder bishop for an audience. She sat next to him on the sofa. St. Alphonsus leapt to his feet and exclaimed, Not while hot blood pulses through my veins, you won't. The great saint recognized that even such a remote temptation was deadly. The main dangers to chastity are laziness, unbridled curiosity, bad company, excessive drinking and drug abuse, obscene talk, pornography, suggestive music and movies, and immodest dress. All of these things must be avoided. I'm no less a man than St. Alphonsus was, and it makes me very uncomfortable when I see women coming to Holy Mass in the warm weather wearing shorts, dresses exposing most of the thigh, tight clothing accenting their curves, and tops made to be worn without a bra. It's hard enough to avoid temptations outside of church, but to be assaulted by these things when I'm trying to worship God at Holy Mass is extremely difficult and criminal on the part of these women. We're morally obligated before Almighty God to do all we can to protect chastity of mind and body. Chastity may be protected by avoiding dangers to chastity whenever possible, praying for God's grace and help, going to confession often, and cultivating a tender devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Cultivating a devotion to Mary is probably the strongest defense we have to maintain a chaste mind and body. Our Lady is the most pure human person God ever created. Having been immaculately conceived, she never committed even a venial sin in her entire life. Our Lady is our best prayer partner and warrior to help us overcome temptation. A priest once told me that when young people come to him to confession with the sins of the flesh, he tells them to avoid future temptations by imagining the Blessed Virgin Mary present in the place with them where they are being tempted, watching them. That definitely works to make the temptation flee, especially if you've cultivated a tender devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Perhaps where people get themselves into the most trouble is while dating. If you're interested in remaining chaste, avoid making out and too much time in seclusion. Appropriate dress is also advised. Don't worry about what's in style. Worry instead about the eternal destination of your soul and the temptations you're causing for your date. Indeed, dressing so that your date is tempted makes you guilty of the mortal sin of scandal. Of course, all good habits of behavior begin at home. Parents, you must assert your parental authority to see to it that your children do the right thing. It's not enough to simply love your children and see to it that their temporal needs are met. Your highest responsibility is to help your children become holy and go to heaven. So you need to set boundaries with your children, especially your adolescents. Pay attention to and govern how they dress, what they listen to, what they watch on television and at the movies, who they associate with, and what they're doing on the internet. Fathers, you have the greatest responsibility of all. 
God made you the head of your family, as St. Paul repeatedly points out in his epistles, and God will demand an accounting of what you do and what you fail to do. So put on your big boy pants and be a true man, a Catholic man. Of course, you start this by setting the example. Do as I say and not as I do isn't a way to be the spiritual leader of your household, not the way to be a Catholic man. It's not manly. It's not right. It's time to become a real man. The Catholic Church is 2,000 years old. A lot of wisdom is gained over two millennia. Each week we'll share some of that wisdom with a Catholic quote. So here's this week's Catholic quote. This week's Catholic quote is from St. Padre Pio. He said, Our Lord loves you and loves you tenderly. I believe a really great way to teach the faith is through stories, parables, and anecdotes. So here's today's story. Pilot Paul Emil Moreland of the Royal Canadian Air Force set off one moonlit night during World War II in a plane that he wasn't used to to bomb Brest, Germany. Something was wrong with the engine, and he reached the objective 40 minutes after the other planes had dropped their payload. The Nazi anti-aircraft batteries were alert, so bullets shot like hailstones. Three of the plane's fuel tanks and fuselage were perforated by enemy fire. To make matters worse, a heavy fog rolled in across the channel, and he couldn't fly any further. Land at your own risk, the radio said. Paul's hand reached to an inside pocket of his flight suit to finger a picture of St. Anne, to whom he'd always been devoted, and begged her for a safe landing. Down went the plane through the blinding fog to a perfect landing. A miracle, the crew members agreed. A miracle, echoed the ground crew as they examined the bullet-ridden bomber. When Paul reached home, he received the Distinguished Flying Medal. To the day he died, Paul didn't understand how he was able to drop the bombs and head for home without the complete destruction of the plane, much less land safely at his home base. He told the story over and over because he owed his life to St. Anne. Paul obtained this miracle through the intercession of his favorite saint, good St. Anne. He always carried a picture with him just as you'd carry a picture of your own mother. He venerated that picture because of who it represented. He didn't give St. Anne the honor that belongs to God, but through her intercession he hoped to receive many favors from God, including a miracle. This has been The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Thanks for subscribing, and be sure to visit cantankerouscatholic.com to get your free copy of Joe's popular book, The Best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It.